0: Is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Here, look, it slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again!
2: Oh! Quick five and strikes it, don't know. Long, we hope. Oh, what a goal!
1: What a gun! Oh, oh, saved it in! Barry Ferguson! Welcome to the Hamden Roar podcast. The end of the domestic season is upon us. That can only mean one thing. Time for some Scotland games. Can't say that often enough. A nice little review of how the boys in the squad and on the periphery of the squad have got on in the second half of the season, um, especially from the Cyprus and Spain camp onwards. And we'll look ahead to the camp for Norway and Georgia. You're listening to John Bleasdale and Alan Risk. Joining me, Andy Barge, for this little chat so guys when you look at the squad come to you first Alan there's plenty to talk about here because much like the middle of the second half of the season some of the players aren't getting too much game time some are coming to prominence but we've got a pretty rigid um, squad with Steve Clark it's, it's uh, sometimes a bit easy to predict what you're going to do but I think maybe with the injury situation this time we might see a few few different call-ups yeah um,
2: firstly again thanks for having me on again Um it's always a pleasure to talk about Scotland after a chaotic uh, sort of end of the season, particularly if you're a Falkirk fan. Um, I mean, uh, I think this is it's, the games are probably just about coming at a good time for us. We've had a lot of players sort of out injured that are just coming back in. Um, obviously, as you said, still got people outstanding, but we're getting to a stage where we've got a really strong squad sort of getting back up to match fitness um, and some youngsters who perhaps to not getting game time in March are now well and truly uh, in contention for places. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be
1: a really interesting discussion to see who gets picked. A big ask for us, John, to go to Norway and pick up a result um, ahead of playing Georgia at home. Great start to the campaign with two clean sheets, a 3-0 and a 2-0 over Cyprus in Spain. It seems that the squad are going to go away for a training camp in Spain before they go to Norway And play, so by that token you would imagine that it might be an opportunity for Clark to bring some boys along, include them with the squad and assess them, regardless of their actual playing opportunities in the two qualifiers?
0: Yeah, we think so, if we're going to bring in one or two new players or um, bring players back who haven't been in for a while which we'll probably come on to talk talk about it's good to get them integrated back into the squad and get them to catch catch up with some um, players and um, no train with them and get used to it again. So uh, I think they'll be, we're really interested to see what he does um, this month. Um, uh, I, I just hope we left the June curse. I mean, June's traditionally not been a great month for the national team. Last year we also lost to Ukraine and Ireland. Um, and so let's hope that this month's a wee bit better.
1: Well, one of the big talking points ahead of the qualifiers in March was the goalkeeping situation. David Marshall retired by now, Craig Gordon with a broken leg, Alan McGregor long gone and suddenly it it seemed like we might not be as rich in resources as we have been for the previous 10 to 15 years. Angus Gunn was duly called up and he took the gloves ahead of Xander Clark and Liam Kelly, both two decent goalkeepers, but I think everybody really agreed. Yeah, okay, Uh, if Angus Gunn is available and willing, then he plays Another player that is now just about starting to make his mark, or hopefully further into next season, make his mark harder for Rangers is Robbie McCrory. He's only played five first-team games, Alan. I think we've been waiting as Scotland fans for him to get a shot at it. Alan McGregor and John McLaughlin will be certainly... McGregor's leaving and McLaughlin doesn't look like he'll be number one at Ibrox next season. Could it be McCrory? And if so, do you think with a view to him being a number one next season, it might make sense to call him up as one of the number or the number two or number three behind Angus Gunn this time? I think, this, um, first of all, it's really
2: exciting uh, to have a, a younger keeper. Let's not forget McCrory's actually 25. Um, so he's he's not a rumor coming through at 16, 17. He's, he's a, quite an experienced now, albeit not at Rangers. Um, I guess if you're looking for an, another argument against Colt teams, if McCrory does indeed stay at Rangers next season and, and challenge for number one, he's played for quite a lot of clubs in the Scottish Football League system um, on his loan spells. So I think he, he's done himself no harm. Obviously, there's the high profile sign that Jack Butland, they're talking about bringing in, who will almost certainly be told he'll be number one unless unless McCrory does something crazy. Um, but I think he's got what, four clean sheets, two old firm clean sheets. Uh, and it's not just clean sheets where Rangers have had full possession. He's been under siege in a couple of the games. Um, he's had a couple of really good smart saves, um, which if you're a possession-based Scotland side against perhaps a Cyprus or a Georgia, you might not face a whole lot of shots, but when called upon, you need to be capable of making smart saves. And he seems to be a keeper who can do that. Um, as, as, so as, as in for him, I would like to see him included. Um i don't I think we're goalkeepers as well i don 't think Clark or Kelly are bad keepers. I just think as a fan base and obviously as a um the same as what Clark's seen when he's played gun right away, we just don 't have a hundred percent confidence in them um and that 's what you need as an international keeper. You need to be um we look at Gordon as obviously the the sort of father of it all and even and Marshall for a well, and when they 're in goals, you feel comfortable. you can look at the rest of the team um and out with when Gordon's not starting, we were worried, Gun now looks reliable. So if McCrory can come in and get an
1: opportunity to show that, which he's shown at Rangers, then I'm, yeah, uh, that's exciting. John, I know you're equally as excited about the potential uh, future of Robbie McCrory for Scotland if he does manage to go on and play uh, regular regular first-team football.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Obviously, as a um, Aberdeen supporter, I was disappointed that Aberdeen lost to Rangers at Ibrox recently. But on the flip side, um, from a Scotland point of view, I'm looking at it thinking Robin McCroy was outstanding in that game. You know, he made two or three excellent saves in that game, and then also for that with a performance against Celtic. So that's interesting. He said four clean sheets and five starts for Rangers, and the only goal we can see there was a 94th minute goal against House in a game that they'd already had done. Um, I think he's got the potential to be a long term number one. Um, for Scotland. I don't know if he's quite there yet, but he should certainly be in the squad. The thing with Kelly and Clark, Alan touched on it, they're they're decent keepers at Scottish Premiership level, but um, I don't think they could come in and be a Scotland number one. I just don't think they're at that level. Clark's had a few mistakes recently um, in the Hart School. Um, So, I would be more confident with Robert McCoy coming in the squad and pushing Glenn. That could be a long-term strategy, but that's providing that I mean, he's, he's doing his um, case of being Rangers number one no harm right now it's maybe hard for some of butlin to injury for us to come in and even be number one
1: oh, there's another keeper as well and this was first reported by The Sun who have pretty strong links with the, the national team and I, I think the, the articles that they report are normally fairly reliable regarding you know, the call-ups of players or ones that Steve Clatt's keeping his eye on they reported at the end of March Um, So this actually would have been just around the time of the Spain and the Cyprus games that Clark was monitoring a potential call-up for Jason Steele, the now Brighton number one, who's in his early 30s and is eligible through the grandparent rule. This really came out of nowhere. He's only recently ousted Sanchez as the the Brighton goalie, Alan. Do you you have any particularly strong feelings on this? A, a, A Premier League goalie potentially next season available to us? I think you look at it in the kind
2: of way that if he commits to Scotland, it does us no harm having a goalkeeper playing the Premier League every week for an exciting Brighton side um, with a different skill set. He he, he displays Sanchez because does everybody believe that he, his, his passing range is much better? He passes well, better under pressure um, and the way that Brighton play, they soak up the press and the small, sharp, intelligent passes to get cell out of trouble and counter quickly. And Steele is brilliant at that. Um, so he offers something different, he's a good keeper do we need him? No, we don't need him, we're at a stage where we've potentially got a young McCrory coming through, we've got gun, I think we're quite good for, uh, on the keeper front, however if he decides to commit, bring him in um, absolutely, but when you said we're bringing a new keeper in um, or someone who's been out to fold, I thought you were going to mention Scott Bain for a second I don't know if any of you saw the
1: highlights <laughs> Please <laughs> no <laughs> uh, yeah. leave, uh, leave, that, leave that cap. Or those few caps that he has best consigned to the history books?
2: Yeah, I feel so bad for the guy because he doesn't get a start and then he has two, um, yeah, you can't get away from it, two howlers. Um,
1: but yeah, no, I think uh, Steele over Bain, that's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, John, how do you feel about Jason Steele then? Premier League goalkeeper available to Scotland or not?
0: Yeah, I mean... His stats are certainly decent because he's, um, he's kept six clean sheets out of 15 matches. So, and Brighton have done exceptionally well they've qualifying five Europe and he's played a big part in that. Um, and he can't say no to um, another a decent goalkeeper if he's going to come in and improve his scores. And as harsh as it might be on Kelly and Clark because at least one of them would have to drop out, if not both. Um, at the end of the day, football's a ruthless business, as you, um, as you know, even at a national level. You want the best players available and if he's declaring himself available for Scotland, then we've got to consider it. Um, and you know we've just come out of an era with the three good goalkeepers and Marshall, um McGregor and Gordon competing with each other. You know, we need that kind of era again. Um so yeah, I'm all for it if um, if he wants to, but the question's got to be asked him first.
1: I think no matter what, Angus Gunn will still be the goalkeeper come the the game in Oslo. No doubt about that. Interesting to see what happens going forward, though, from Crody and Steele, uh, especially if Clark might decide to take a couple of more goalkeepers to the camp uh, in Spain before the the games against Norway and Georgia. Moving into defence, a couple of things we can clear up straight away. Grant Hanley is injured for the foreseeable Achilles problem. Scott McKenna uh, has a fractured collarbone and is recovering from one. Liam Cooper, hard to say, really. He's in and out the Leeds, not just the Leeds team, but the Leeds squad all the time. He he seems to make it into the majority of our international squads. I'm not really too sure how fit he is, though. And Nathan Patterson uh, will miss Everton's deciding game against Bournemouth this weekend uh, with a hamstring injury. I don't think it's overly serious, though, and hopefully we'll see him uh, involved in three weeks from now. Uh, so, guys, looking at those injuries, come to you. John, this time first. Hanley's a loss.
0: Um, yeah, he has, I mean, well, he's always put opinion amongst fans, but since um, Steve past, come he's been largely excellent. Um plays in the centre of that three, which suits him because he just has to do one thing that's defended and he's done it well. The last two games, he was excellent. Um, there's no question that he's a miss. Same with Scott McKenna. Um, you know when he played in the four in those games in September again he was excellent alongside Jack Kendry. Um <clears throat> so they're two huge losses the centre the of the three um, does does worry me um, to be honest who we're going to play in there so we put Portis in there but I think Portis is better than the right of the three personally he probably could play in there is Henry's form picked up since his um, recent injury yeah it's a wee bit worrying to be honest but, um, and Cooper as you say is hardly kicked well at least this season.
1: Well, what about that then, Alan? Porteous in the middle of a back three to replace Hanley can also potentially throw Dominic Hyam in at the deep end there. He's been in a squad now. Looking yes. at the resurgence of John Souter, fit again for Rangers and playing regularly now, especially thanks to the injury to Conor Goldson. And just to shed a bit of light on that, John Jack Hendry recovered from upon Googling a ruptured bicep tendon, which had kept him out for or since early March until early May, so a couple of months. Since he's come back, he's played in both games, uh, but Bruges have been beaten comfortably in both three-one and four-one. Um, so Jack Hendry's fit. Not sure to what extent uh, he's performing well or not, but he's available and he tends to do well for us. So would that be Jack Hendry or John Suter on the right? Porteous
2: in the middle and Tierney on the left. Yeah, um, I think I think you could have. You obviously got a lot of leaders and obviously tall, tall, good passing range centre backs. You, you, the thing is with Hanley is he's he's so good at winning the ball on there and he's fast, and he kind of yeah, on the downside he will sit too deep a lot a lot of the time and he'll maybe draw the team back. Um, but he is a rock. And so whoever else you've got, you've got a more expansive um, Henry. Um, I think Higham hasn't played there for Scotland. So I don't know if you'd throw him in, because I believe these June games are crucial. Obviously, every game is crucial, but we've got off to such a good start that mm. it almost makes these more important because we need to get results uh, and, and keep the momentum for the, for the last couple of uh, match days. Um, so I'll probably, you're, you're almost wanting to just say swap it to four. Keep everyone comfortable in the positions because you've got your left side sorted. So you've be your Robertson Tierney. Your right side, you've got an in form. I think he just scored actually. Rather um, the last game of the game before and a Ryan Porteous, and then Aaron Hickey, who's been playing there for um, for Brentford and doing really well. And I so you'd, he you'd, be, you'd be on. happy with you'd be happy with a four with a central pair of yeah. Porteous and Tierney. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, and then have your Hickey at right back um, if he wants to stick with a five. I mean, you're either gambling on Henry, but Henry might be, I mean, I think he's played a minute there. I think Henry's also gone through a managerial change. Scott Parker got sacked after they got knocked out of the Champions League by Benfica. So uh, uh, coming back from fitness, when a new manager's coming in, not getting a chance to impress him, he's maybe not, he's maybe fitter than um, the minute show. So um, once Clark gets a good look at him, and obviously, as you know, it's, it's three weeks away, so um, there's plenty of time for him to prove it. Um, but yeah, that's what I think I
1: would go to the four. Tierney, centre back, John. Um, firstly, is his lack of game time at all an issue? An issue for you at Arsenal? It, a lot of rumours gathering pace about his future and a potential solution at Newcastle. He's played 98 minutes for Arsenal in the league once since mid-September, and it was the other day against Brighton when they got hammered three 0 So Tierney is appearing here and there from the bench. Uh, or leaving the pitch to go and sit on it really Um, for the majority of the season we hope that he can find more game time next year whether it's for Arsenal, Newcastle or or any other Uh, John um, but for this particular international camp if Clark was to decide a three is not the best way forward to left centre back in a two Yeah it's an interesting question in terms of
0: his game time we had this conversation before, um, you know, before the games in March and, you know, whilst it's concerned that he's not playing a lot, the upside is he's not getting himself injured because, um, you know, um, he's had injury problems the last couple of years and he was fine in the two games in March. I mean, you just have to look at it, run past Carvajal for that um, second goal as well and defensively, most importantly, he was part of the team that kept two clean sheets, so... I'm not overly concerned, and he has played slightly more recently than he was earlier in the season. Albeit he was dropped for the Nottingham Forest game. Um, in terms of playing him at fourth seat, I think with a big centre back alongside him, I think he could cope in because not every ball is going to go long ball, um, and even then he's strong enough to try and hold off a, um, a taller striker to try and put them off. Um, and, you know, for the aerial disadvantage, but. I think we're more likely going to go the three. I mean, we've shown that we can switch the four and it'll work, but I think it'll be the three we having robertson Robertson. Um, if they're both fit, that's the formation we'll play. If one of them's injured, that's the more likely we'll go for the four in my opinion.
1: I think with the, the three at the back or the four at the back, it, it can depend on game situation. Um, quite often it can sweep round to make a four um, in, or out posses- uh, in or out of possession. So these things aren't rigid Um, and Tierney has shown that he's such a massive influence on the team playing at left centre back and I mean look what he did against Spain from that position, going up to win the ball and then setting up Scott McTominay's second so I think that left centre back um, of a three with Porteous and then Hendry or Suter next to him might well be the way that Clark hopes to go here in front of him in front of them, and we haven't seen too much of this fella for Scotland recently because his game time down south has been so limited, As Billy Gilmore. His only appearance uh, since last summer uh, was against Turkey. He started uh, for Scotland, but he hasn't come off the bench in five of the last six games for us. He has now started to get a start for Brighton, whether... That's with a view to McAllister and Caicedo leaving and, you know, Deserby preparing him for next season a little bit. Not sure. But he's doing pretty well. He's played in the last seven games after not playing in the, at all in 13 of the 14 before that. So he's been given an opportunity and he's playing um, at least an hour in most of them. So Gilmore... Doing things for Brighton is nice to see, Alan, and I think it probably means that we can expect to see him feature a bit more for Scotland. Then. Definitely, um, no, no doubt about
2: it. I think we're probably there's been news come out in the last few days about a court case that's been going on in the background, um, and Gilmore's said that it affected him to the point where he wasn't sleeping, and he perhaps wasn't playing to his full ability because of that. And whether that's impacted his game time um, before now, I'm not sure. But after his performance against Wolves, Deserbe came out in the interview post-match and said that he made a massive mistake with not playing Gilmore. Um, so for a manager to acknowledge that, a manager who's doing well, really well at Brighton, to acknowledge a mistake, when, to be honest, we were probably looking at it thinking you've got a World Cup winner and someone who's potentially going to go for 80 million in front of him. Like we, As much as it's frustrating for Scotland fans, you're probably not bothered if you're Brighton. Um, but the fact that he's sort of forced his way into the plans now it's clearly in a good rotation system. He's at the point where Caicedo has been moved out of position a few times to right-back to get Gilmore in the team um, alongside McAllister or alongside Gross. Um, and just and I think it's exciting for Scotland because it's purely for that. It's the same stuff we saw against England. It's for that passing, um, the, the, the get presenting himself whenever there's any situation where he needs to get, get his team out of trouble, present himself in front of the keeper, in front of the centre-backs, being that passing option and not just passing it clear or sometimes having to pass it back, but you saw in his assist at the weekend or last week, whenever it was, that he's got that ability to turn and then play a, like a through the needle pass that leads to a, a goal or in the game against Wolves, they had two or three others that led to shots on goal um, and he's also be getting the odd shot every game. Um, so I think he's getting confident, he's getting played in a system that, that attracts him and like you said, Andy, I'm I'm more of sort of again it's maybe a Scotland fan being positive, but it's I'm more of the thinking that this is forward planning, that he is only going to get more game time and that Brighton are a smart club, that they have succession plans in place. One of
1: those two will go and Gilmore is a direct replacement. I, I was I was actually speaking to somebody at Brighton about it was actually not long after the World Cup. Um I mentioned that I hoped Gilmore would get a loan spell in the second half of the season to to give him more game time, uh, and yes. I kind of cheekily just mentioned, you know, hopefully someone comes in with a big bid for McAllister because he was on everybody's lips at that point. Hopefully somebody comes in with a big bid for McAllister, and that gives Gilmore a bit more game time. And mm-hmm. the person just replied to me, "No chance, Gilmore will leave." So there's they do clearly think highly of him, yeah. uh, and I think maybe just had to bide his time. Uh, this, I think half the season him. and that—that that, that's interesting yeah. what you mentioned about the court case as well I think maybe as football fans too often we don't take into account the external circumstances that can mm. impact a player's ability to train or play to the best of their ability or rest up as well you know Um it's not like you can just switch off from problems and and get everything out of their mind. So he's only, he's yeah. only twenty-one as well, being... so it's a young age. Um, yeah, but yeah, but
2: he's got. I think um, I was I was watching. The, I don't know if you've ever watched the high performance podcast. Um, there's thanks, there's, Steve Clark's been on it before. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the owner of Brighton on it, and he um, he, he talks about. Uh, they've got Davy Weir um, as their technical director, and I was thinking as well, if you're Gilmore, having that guy in the building. Involved in your day to day
1: relationship and stuff. Yeah, He was a he was a big influence in Gilmore's uh, arrival at Brighton. Definitely. Ah, right, okay. Close that, there. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I think the I think we all knew him from uh, a younger age when he was coming through at Rangers. Mm, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that loads of connections there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think we were all, as Scotland fans, having a look at Gilmore. Because he'd moved from Chelsea to Brighton, we thought, oh, he's just going to walk into the Brighton team. But we probably hadn't seen enough of Brighton. They're a progressive club in, the, in England. You just have to look at the league table. Brighton finished miles clear of Chelsea. And Chelsea are a basket case right now. And you saw us mm-hmm. in the bottom as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's at the end of the day, he's joined a team with some quality midfielders. As so you mentioned, a World Cup winner midfielder. But he's biding his time. And he's now got himself in the team... And playing at such high standard that the manager, as Alan says is acknowledges that maybe should have played them more and yeah hopefully um, things can kick on from.
1: Oh so if you break up our centre mids into in a in kind of box style that they play with two along the midfield and two behind the striker, the ones that play along the midfield with McGregor, Gilmore, McTominay or three of them, McLean's probably the other one, he's injured so that maybe leaves a vacancy for someone else to come into the midfield Could it be Alan Campbell perhaps because he's he's the one that's most like Ryan Jack and Ryan Jack's fit, I would expect him to to be there actually, um, I was thinking more about players that move forward with the ball rather than uh, defensively but with uh, McTominay, McGregor uh, Jack and Gilmore. Is there room for anyone else, or is McLean's injury a bit
0: immaterial? Um, I, I, I mean, I, I really like Alan Campbell. Um, I, th- I think his progress has been terrific, and been interesting to see if um, how he gets on. We're recording us on the Friday night, and it's the playoff final between the two. Uh, looking and coming next day, so then you're looking at a potential Premier League player in Campbell, which would just be terrific. Um, he offers something a bit different as well. You know, he's, he's tough to tackling. There could be games where he needs to come on and you know help us show up if we're um, one up in Oslo, for example. So I wouldn't rule out someone like Campbell. I can't think of anyone else come as a direct replacement for Kenny McLean right now. It's a shame for him that he's injured. But I don't think he's getting the team anyway. It's <laughs> between those four for two positions. And you know we're talking about Gilmore Possible starting again, but does he start ahead of McTominay after these performances? Not a chance. Does he start ahead of Callum McGregor after the season he said? Not a chance Gilmore's going to have to fight his way back breath Scotland team as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to, to see if it will be McTominay and McGregor with McGinn and, and Christy or McGinn and Armstrong in front of them. Um, for the training camp though in Spain, it'll be, I'm curious to find out if he decides to take a few more. And I would include in that bracket Hayden Hackney from Middlesbrough yeah. who's been included in the under-21s. Uh, alongside another few names that people are hoping to see eventually for Scotland. But Hackney has missed one game for Middlesbrough since Michael Carrick came in in October and they just fell shy of the playoff final uh, against Coventry. The Borough fans love him. I wonder if, I very much doubt Alan, if he came along, he, he would get any game time, but he surely falls in the category of worth a look if Clark's able to. Um, the fact he's in the under twenty one squad might put a spanner in in those works, but we, we've seen players leave that squad and come and play with the, the full squad before.
2: Yeah, no, I think there's um, uh, there's always an opportunity, and if you're in the under twenty one squad to get called up, it doesn't happen very often, but um, it's there. I think for his age as well to play with the, the level he does with that maturity, um, again another player with a great passing range. I think yeah, it's only a twenty, a twenty, yeah. So I mean, you've you've got a. a a lot of players at this sort of age group who are just you know obviously so I've all done that with your um even you talk about your Fergusons and your McGregors and stuff you've you've got a really good passing team now um capable of getting themselves out of situations um so I think if, definitely, if they definitely if they come along to Spain, I think that's brilliant because it's early integration we've always wanted that when you had the three guys come into the squad with the expanded Euro squad for Euro 2020 the first thing we thought was this is great we've got a chance for them all
1: to sort of get involved and get integrated yeah, John, we have loads of midfielders at our disposal. Lewis Ferguson was mentioned there just while, and I actually even forgot about him for for a second. Um, although he is one that maybe might go a bit more advanced as well. Um, is it worth, in your opinion, bringing these guys along, or would you rather that they played with the under twenty ones um, in these games that they have coming up? Where, where is the balance found?
0: Um, I mean, it's it's just a shame we don't have the olden days we had the under-20 wins and the main team were playing the same team the night after the other, because then you could have a case of both, um, but we're also long past those days. But yeah, Hackney is um, yeah, he seems a real I'll confess, I've not watched a lot of Championship football, but I've seen a lot of reports, I've seen some footage of him and he looks a really good player. Um, is he going to break into the, the starting line-up soon? Probably not. But I, I don't think it would do him harm to integrate himself into the the squad because we could end up with an injury situation, and you know to him again or Armstrong, which we would hopefully not. And you know that sort of players need to come in, and you can never be, you can never have um, too many good players in your squad. And if he can add to the squad, then again, um, all for it. But if he's not, um, in terms of the under twenty ones, I mean, their games are friendlies as well. Just now. In a year or two's time, he's going to be an overage player. Um slowly not going to be um eligible for under tournament. So maybe it's time for him to step up to the A squad.
1: Let's move on to the attacking players then. It's been a disappointing season domestically anyway for Stuart Armstrong, Southampton relegated to the championship. Do we hope that Stuart Armstrong can find I move back to the premier league or do we hope that he can flourish in the championship and contribute regularly there scoring goals and, and assisting alan
2: i think when you're talking about these i'm I'm going to call them mature and it's, it's terrible because I'm turning 30 this year and I'm looking back at half the guys in the squad and and thinking i know <laughs> John's shaking his head at me but I'm, I'm looking I'm thinking back uh, sorry looking back at these players and thinking god like Everyone that Scotland scored, bar maybe Grant Hanley, is younger than me. <laughs> it's, it's mad. Um, but like your mature players, I think form and happiness maybe ranks above learning technically from the Premier League. Um, I think a, a strong season in the Championship, do players like that a world of good. And if they come into Scotland squads flying, then we benefit as a nation. Um, I would have liked to have seen... I mean, you've got other players that are in that sort of mould. of Adams will go down. Um, but you've got players who, with well, your Conways and your yeah your McBurneys and your Dykes. Now Dykes, he he's not even the top Scottish scorer in the Championship, but he'll come away and we we all seen what he did against Spain. We all, we all know the jobs he can do for us. Um, he's not a pure goal scorer, so his stats don't truly really matter to us. Um, but playing the Championship is a strong enough league for us. So I don't. I think the guys that are going down with Southampton uh, or other clubs. Um, whatever happens. Um, I think a strong season in the championship is is good for us. So I don't they don't they don't necessarily have to
1: move. That's a, a tough league in its own right. They, it's not like they won't be tested it in, in the championship or go through the motions. I mean, it's, it's a league that I do a bit of work on now, and it's one well, that's impossible to really predict the amount of times that uh, a team that's twentieth will, will go to the team that's seventh and turn them over three 0 and 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 suddenly they've moved up the league four places. You know, it's is a really unpredictable and strong league. And I think we've seen it with, for example, McLean and Hanley when they're coming up and going back down and up again with Norwich, that it doesn't really change too much for them. And I think maybe that points to your uh, your situation there, Alan, about the players when they do reach their late 20s, early 30s. It is less about progression uh, and more about their their form generally and how they, they come into the national team. So in that instance, if you look at... Uh, If you look at Stuart Armstrong, and we'll just throw in Shea Adams as well now while we're talking about it, Shea Adams has scored five Premier League goals this season, John. One since New Year's Day and one in his last 10 games for Scotland. We all appreciate Shea Adams and and he's a valued member of the squad. Would it be better for him to be banging in the goals in the English Championship rather than scoring less than half a dozen in the Premier League?
0: It would probably help his confidence if he was scoring week in, week out, or uh, most weeks, but it's a difficult league um, to even get you know, a lot of goals in that league as well. Because, um, McBur- I mean, McBurney struggled in that league this season, Dex has struggled um, this season, although Dex as we know, has had his um, illness problems. Um, and in terms of Armstrong, um, I mean, ideally, ideally, you'd like to see these players playing in the Premier League, because it goes better for the national team, but If they're playing at a top end Championship club, you know, as opposed to bottom end Premier League club, there's not really that much difference in practice. If anything, it could be more beneficial. Um, So that'll be interesting. It depends what clubs come in for Armstrong first and foremost um, before they um, jump ship. But I sit in a Scotland shirt, um, it's almost as if the problems that they've had have been relieved because Sea Adams at times looks a different player in a Scotland shirt to um, what he is um, for.
2: Southampton and the same as um, with Bates as well. Yeah, I think even just I just remember that goal against um, the Pharaohs that he scored. It was his first Scotland goal. That pop shot, so he rolls it in front of him yeah. and then just vault b- bangs it mm-hmm. in the bottom left corner. Like he's got, he has, he he, he turns up in a Scotland shirt, and I think because he takes on the mantle of being the goal scorer, the striker, um, the big man up front, like he does sort of fill the shirt, um, yeah. which is exciting. But just just quickly before we. we go off um, the championship players there Um, I just seen a rumour there that a uh, Com- uh, Hackney's getting looked at by Liverpool and Nottingham Forest, now Nottingham Forest are just above their relegations, and it looks like they'll probably stay in the Premier League yeah, so fair. he's a player, yeah, so he could be moving out of that league anyway next season
1: Well that, well, that would be uh, certainly encouraging um, and, and if we're going to be picky about the Championship Premier League balance then it would tip it in the Premier League favour but regardless, I think it's just good to see that we've got more players coming through now. Um not not that we were bereft of options before, yeah. but it seems like there's a, a bit of a conveyor belt really um yeah, of I think, players that are going to be able to the point you come made and step
2: made, yeah. Yeah yeah the point you're sort of you making as well and the thing the thing we looked on like we had players who but if you were in a championship club you were almost guaranteed a call up. Whereas you've got a, f- a whole host of players at cl- clubs up and down the championship, your are Murray Wallace's, um, obviously mm. Aaron Campbell is getting in squads but not getting games, um, and guys, uh, would have been
1: in squad.
2: Yeah, but exactly, um, goalkeepers and stuff as well. So there's so many Scotland, um, and Scotland players who've maybe had caps before or, um, sh- arguably should be in the squad. Jay Fulton at Swansea, he's been a mainstay there for years. Again, a, a a good solid compact midfielder, but we're at a level now where you don't get games for playing the championship
1: even the the Ryan Gold hype seems to have slowed down a wee bit to be honest
2: yeah maybe that shows our
1: progression (laughs) (laughs) um, a player who's as long as he's playing over where he is the hype will never die um, because the the romance of a Scott playing abroad is just too hard to ignore Lewis Ferguson a great season for Bologna scored in the final day and a heavy win over Cremonese linked with moves to pretty much all the Italian uh, power uh, powerhouses. John, big things ahead for Ferguson and I think we can probably expect him to be in the squad again.
0: Oh yeah, he's Neil in in the squad now. Um I mean we were talking a couple of months ago, should have even started one of the games, but it proved to be a right decision not to be uh Miss Things transpired. But um he's his progression's been incredible. Um and you know, he's been linked with, I think, Juve were, um, and Inter, actually, who have just made the Champions League final being linked with this boy. So that shows the progression that he's he's made. It'll be interesting to see if that move happens this summer. It probably wouldn't do any, any harm to have another season at Bologna. But, yeah, he'll be in the um, squad for a while. But he's got a bit of work to do if he's going to um, break into the starting lineup because it's a hard place to get. <laughs>
1: He, his f- first season in Serie A five goals and he hasn't missed a game since the second of uh, the 17th of September that was the last league game that he missed for Bologna so good injury free solid debut season and I'm, I'm with you John I think another uh, impressive campaign would really consolidate his chances of playing for a top club in Europe so fingers crossed for Lewis Ferguson I'm looking forward to see him get more caps and opportunities to play uh, just the five caps to his names so far We'll move into the attacking areas for real then. So Ross Stewart um, injured, which is really such a shame. He's not going to come back until pre-season because he was flying before his hamstring injury. Returned from that, absolutely flying, and then injured his Achilles. So uh, a really ruined season um, with the football gods for Ross Stewart because he was probably on course to be up there with Chubba Akpom as the championship top scorer, and maybe Sunderland might have got promoted if he managed to stay fit. She Adams, we've touched on, not a great goal scoring season and not a great season with his club relegated. Five goals and just one in ten for Scotland at the moment. Ole McBurney started the season really well for Sheffield United. He had 13 goals um, by the end of February but only scored two in the final 15 in the league. So he um, had fallen away, really. I was wondering if he was going to be in the squad for the March games, but I think he might have had a little injury at the time. Uh, Jacob Brown, is always there or thereabouts. Uh, He wasn't in the last few matchday squads for Stoke, uh, but he did score in two of the five leading up to it, so I'm not too sure what the situation is with Brown. Uh, Tommy Conway is in the under-21 squad. He's had a great season for Bristol City, scored 12 goals in total. Uh, He's eligible to play for Scotland through a grandparent. Uh, So he's in the under-21 squad alongside the likes of Hackney and young Ben Doak. Uh, let's talk about the t- the two other strikers. So I think we expected one of them definitely to be in the squad in March. Alan, there's Lauren Shankland. Nisbet has since returned from an injury and has continued doing really well. Do you expect one of them to be in there alongside, presumably, Adams uh, and Dykes, provided both are fit? Yeah. Um, yes, I do. I think uh, Nisbet.
2: Uh, they're both brilliant. They're both. They're both on absolute fire at the moment I think um, Shanklin's got what six in his last five games or something um, Nisbet has scored I think he's only had 14 starts since he came back from injury and he's got 11 goals and two assists or something like that so I mean you're talking about international call up form from both of them my only and then my Hearts fans I've got two mates who are really big Hearts fans um, and they're going to absolutely kill me for this but the only thing I have about Shanklin is he scores the penalties and so, kind of like, uh, he, he's maybe scored six goals in his last um, five games, but I think three of them are penalties, maybe more mm-hmm. than that. Um, however, that doesn't take away. He, has, he still has to score them. Um, and he's, uh, he's a leader for that side. So, I think that's a really difficult call for Clark to make because they're both on form. Um, and they both had call-ups very recently. Um, so, that's a, that's a good a good thing for him to have. Um, your, your younger guys, like Conway and stuff, for him to get the the turn he's had in his debut season in the championship, or his sort of breakthrough campaign, um, that's maybe comparable. Um, at that age, so again, you've probably taken Nisbet and Shankland over him. But um, oh what a good what a good
1: end to the season for these guys. Yeah, Shankland scored in his last three league games for Hearts. John Nisbet has has looked a threat every time I've seen him, when he scores. Uh, in fact they both do they, they, I know that you've touched on the penalties there Alan but they both score different types of goals and um, their threats from 6 yards out their threats from 18 yards out it's good to see them both on form.
0: Yeah I think um, Shankland is probably the better penalty box striker and Nisbet for me is more of a no-rounder he can play as a target man and work the channels better but I mean, Shankland does come to life more into in take penalty box been in mind
1: Shankland has played attacking mid for Hearts quite a lot this season behind Janellian <laughs>
0: Yeah, he did that for a bit but, and then when Naismith um, took over from Nielsen, he's putting back up front where he belongs, he looks happy and obviously showed that predatory instincts in the um, the game last week at um, Tyncastle against Aberdeen. Um, but I think, I, I can see both of them being in the squad. Um, you know, Shankland obviously came in as cover for um, Adams last game because um, Adams was injured. Um, he could have had a goal um, you know if it was on his right foot maybe that's right chance, I do know yeah um, so yeah they're definitely good options to have because unfortunately Stuart you say he's injured I don't know enough about the boy Conway um, he's in the under 21 squad I think he'll be left there just now but yeah we need more people banging on the door um, than Nisbet and Chanklin as good as anyone right now
1: but the envy I have uh is stronger than ever for one of our neighbours. Um, I've hated seeing uh, at points Gareth Bale do do so well for Wales and wonder when our superstar was going to come along. Uh, um, yeah. I, yeah. I I yeah. I hated seeing uh, mid range players score bucket loads for Northern Ireland and wonder when will we have someone that will score every second game for us, etc. And then. The Republic ha- now have Evan Ferguson, uh, which is just looking lethal, really. I mean, the guy is absolutely brilliant. And 18, um, and I, I'm looking around, and we've got we Wilson down at Aston Villa. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if he's expected to break through to such an extent like that, but um, in fact, I'm, I'm on transfer mark right now. I've got Lyndon Dykes's page up, and and this is just complete coincidence. There's an article... <laughs> To the right, uh, how good is Evan Ferguson, the 18 year old Brighton star, wanted by Man United and Tottenham? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the guy's guy going to be excellent. Yeah. If can and then you right.
2: compare that to the team we're up against in June, and their front three are going to be Sorloth, um, Haaland,
1: and Odegaard. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then no, the that's... team will, will welcome Barrett Schellier to Hamden a few days later. Exactly. Um, yeah. But
2: the good thing is, I guess the thing is, we're saying this in envy, but we've got if you had any other team watching Billy Gilmore play for Brighton over the last few days, especially when he got taken off in the Newcastle game, everyone could see he was the best player in the park for the start of the second half. Um, and you're like, why is he going off? But again, as if you're a New- all the Newcastle fans said, thank God he was hiked in um, mm-hmm. that moment because Brighton were in the ascendancy at 2-1 down goal back, and um, Gilmore just taking the ball past players and finding space and passes. So we've got young guys, again, who, maybe not the strikers that they're, they're scared of, but we've got players who can play. And if you beat Spain 2-0 at home, you put the fear
1: into anyone. Um, yeah, fair point, Alan, fair point. Um, we do it, so, Shantland and Nesbit, one of or Both. Um, it'll be interesting because I'm not sure if Brown is either fit or could get in on merit. Um, he seems to always be third or fourth choice, but a goal scoring Shankland and an non form Nisbet, they both seem a bit more appetising, yeah, to be honest. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I, I think so. Um, I think they two have got more chance than Brown right now, especially if Brown has missed um, games recently. But um, yeah, you, I mean, you guys are sort of, you know, talking about Haaland etc and understandable so that you can't ignore those talents but we need to stop worrying too much about the opposition talk ourselves up we're in a good place now. we've just beaten Spain at home you know let's um, get back on ah, the it's positive. not, it's not so much a here.
2: fear it's just a it's just a slight we just want a, a goal scorer that's all we're asking for of course we do of course. <laughs> yeah I mean that's uh, it we're,
0: I'm hoping we're for a club and country that Alfa um brings his um, goals from youth uh. level up to um,
1: senior level so if he's 30 yeah. goals at age of 16 for youth was pretty good that's nice. decent excellent yeah. um, speaking of Doki who was mentioned a minute ago he's in the under 21 squad again we spoke about this before the game in March the, the, I think maybe we were kind of caught up in it all but most people I spoke to said get him in just get him in the squad and see what he can do um, after a handful of appearances for Liverpool um, he's in the under 21 squad I wonder if he will get brought along to Spain um, because he's different really than anything else we have to offer because Ryan Fraser certainly won't be involved in June. He's sitting on his arse at Newcastle and will be leaving this summer unless he downs and just collects a wage. So um, we've, we've seen the last of Ryan Fraser for a while. Ben Doak's probably the closest thing or the closest person we have to that. Uh, attacking midfielders... Uh, Christie's good, he's dynamic but he's not like Fraser or Doak same with Armstrong, same with McGinnon behind there uh, Warden McGinn, by the way, excellent under Unai Emery uh, has led Aston Villa to a potential European charge, Alan, he's just gone from strength to strength since Emery came in and he's actually been getting quite like UK wide coverage, McGinnon recently really for his for his contributions
2: yeah, um, I, I don't know if it's confirmed yet, but i just seen a rumour that he was signing a two-year deal extension um, at Villa. Um, So uh, whether nice. that's been done or whether that's in the making, that obviously just shows you sort of... Because there was talk of Villa fans. The one thing I, I detest about English football fans is just how fickle they are. Because McGinn's been brilliant for years for Villa, but one bad spell as a team, not necessarily McGinn at the start of the year, and they were all over him saying he wasn't good enough with the squad, and now he's brilliant again um you're like no mcginn's always been he's a consistent performer he's great he gets played at different positions at brighton um obviously sits deeper sometimes than he does for scotland um but i think um, yeah i think he's enjoying his time under emery um he's learning more mcginn's a player who just seems uh, it doesn't matter what he does even in clark's teams how uh, if clark wants to adjust tactically he almost leads that through McGinn because he's, he, he, he's attuned to it. He's a proper footballer man. He doesn't complain. He does the job um, and he gets stuck right in. And uh, he's he's yeah he's perfect for the squad. Um, and he's also a great passer of the ball, great at holding up the ball, as we see. So when you've got guys like that and then obviously the maestros in terms of I get an informed Gilmore, um, McGregor, um, or, or obviously McTominay's coming back. So, yeah. Um, that's, that's the guy that you're up against yeah. when you're talking about... Um, Ferguson really because um, that's that's position he's playing in at Bologna so he, Ferguson's going to find game time hard to come by if he wants to play um, instead of McGinn.
0: The thing about McGinn at Villa is if um, the stick that he was getting you've got to remember he was made captain at the start of the season by Steven Gerrard and then of course Aston Villa had a rotten start of the season and the manager and the captain are the ones that get the most stick and then the captain was taken away when um, When Gerard left and then he was injured. But then, since he's come back from injury, he's been absolutely superb and set, you know, his assist record's been good. So um, I think Villa fans have appreciated that, yeah, they still have a really good player and we certainly do as Scotland fans as well.
1: Mm. You mentioned McTominay there, Alan. Um, I've just Googled him uh, to find out his stats. And the first thing that's come up is uh, an article from Football Insider 247. 14 hours ago, Scott McTominay tells friends he wants to quit Man United. would that be an ideal situation if McTominay was moved on? Because he's not a starter there. He's not a youngster anymore, McTominay. 27 this year. He was out for a little while throughout April and the start of May. He's played four minutes in the last couple of games for Man United after a bit of game time before that, um, throughout the end of March uh, and into April. Um, so what do we reckon? Scott McTominay, a bit like Keaton Tierney, best moved on?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think the good thing is that they're both players who are not you're not being touted as like a step down. I mean, you're talking about the rumours from McTominy being Newcastle. Um, so if he goes to Newcastle, he's up against Longstaff uh, and Willock potentially. Willock's obviously maybe a bit faster and obviously more direct, but if you're up against a guy like Longstaff, he's going to get game time at Newcastle, and Newcastle are guaranteed Champions League football. So that's almost a step up. Especially with their money and the trajectory they're on at the moment, whether that's right or wrong, um, so I think a move to Newcastle if that materialises. I mean, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind if we moved to Brighton to anybody else challenging for that sort of top six, because um, we love to see Scottish players in, in Europe. Um, but I think a move away from Man United isn't a bad thing um, for Tierney. I'm, we can all see it. Um, I'm, I'm, he needs a move away. If he, he's not even even when Zinchenko's out, he's not getting started. Um, for whatever reason, they just I think it's just a system that he's not fitting um, because obviously we've seen him, he's brilliant. Um, the good thing for us, he, he's getting minutes, he's not getting a lot of game time, so he's fit, he's match fit and he's not getting injured. Uh, he's not getting overused. So as a Scotland fan, as much as Tierney's unhappy, we're probably at our happiest. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, that's a difficult one. But as a player, yeah, he yeah, needs a move. I think that just
1: about covers everything then, guys that are Doke is is, is an interesting one. I I think the hype train has slowed down somewhat. Um, Him, Hackney and Conway are probably the ones, including the 21s, that have the most noise surrounding their uh, impending call-ups or senior careers. Elliot Anderson is another. uh, I saw a big Twitter thread on him recently about his non-committal stance to Scotland. Again, there might be talks going on in the background. We might see Elliot Anderson uh, when the call-ups are announced next week. Who knows? Uh, Because he's been getting a wee bit of game time at Newcastle. So while he's uncapped, um, it's nice to see a player available to us getting games in the Premier League for a good team. And and you know what? He might commit to us at some point. So we'll see. Um, But yeah, I think that takes us through the entire um, roster really pretty well. Um, Other players that we didn't really get around to talking about that could or could not be involved, say Anthony Bralson, I think that would probably hinge on Patterson's fitness. Greg Taylor is normally there, but Robertson and Tierney are both fit at the moment, and that would probably rule out young Josh Doig as well. He's still uncapped, but has had a good season in Serie A. Barry Mackay was called up uh, late last year. He's probably too far off it with hearts at the moment. Um. So, yeah, uh, all boxes ticked. So, it be interesting. We'll reconvene at some point next week uh, for the podcast and we'll talk about who has made it in uh, ahead of the squad's visit to Spain for the training camp ahead of the matches against Norway and Georgia. And we can really get into the thick of looking ahead to them. So, Alan... And, John, thanks very much for joining me. And yeah, make sure you tune in again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.